The title of the message today is The Gift Giver. How many of you guys love to give gifts out there? We're getting close to Christmas, all right? How many of you guys love to receive gifts out there? There we go, all right? And if you like to do both, that's awesome. We got some gifts, gift giving as our love languages. I'm sure out there, I'm sure all of us have the love language of gift receiving. But what we're talking about today, though, is God as our gift giver. That we serve a God like we've read before in Scripture this morning, that we believe in and trust a God who is good. And that that God gives us gifts in our life, gives that gifts that help us, that build us up and encourage us. I can't help but think about the verse that's on your note card today from James chapter one, verse 17. It says this, whatever is good, I like that word, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in heaven he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. I love about this, I love about this verse is that whatever is good and perfect, we know that we've received it from our Heavenly Father God. I want you to know today that God has good things for you and he wants to give you those things. And it's our choice to have a posture of receiving those things. I love that this verse reminds us that the God who gives us these gifts is not just some ordinary force, not just some ordinary God. He is the one who created the lights in heaven, the stars in the sky, the air that we breathe, the earth that we are living in right now. We get a chance to know and experience and receive from the creator God. And it's powerful. And probably my, one of my most favorite parts about this verse, it says, he never changes. There's some beauty about consistency. There's power in knowing that when I go to God, he is always going to be the same. I'm sure we have those family members or friends in our life that we never know what kind of emotion or feeling they're gonna be in when we see them. Can I encourage you today that when you go to God, when you build that relationship with God in your life, man, he's always the same. And his same attitude, his same heart is with arms wide open saying, I'm here for you. I got gifts to give you. I want to show you who you are. I can't help but think about also this scene yesterday, this picture uh, from my, my wife, Adrienne, who you saw leading worship earlier. She has a little mom's group on Saturday mornings, and this is them playing yesterday. They're all there playing with toys. And what was really funny about yesterday is they all brought some, some bags of toys, but you know kids, that they, you dump out the bags of toys to play with, and if a kid comes over and grabs a toy that's not his, like my son does this, like if someone comes to grab his monster truck that he brought his first reaction is no that's mine I'm the shepherd we brought it here for everyone to play with it right and so all of us dads were kind of on kid duty yesterday as the moms were hanging out we were encouraging the kids hey we brought these toys here they're gifts for everyone to play with and look how great they were all playing together come on the cutest one is the one right in the middle there uh, but they were all playing together and I love to see that every single kid it went from like no this is mine you can't play with it to hey here why don't you play with this one this is a fun toy here let's play together right? All it took was a little instruction from the dads out there to say, hey, we're sharing today. We're using these gifts together. Yeah, we can shout it out today because I love my son and you should too. He's awesome. And all of our amazing local city kids, right? But I want you to know today that when it comes to the gift God gives, man, they are to be shared. They are to be received. They are to be used to bring joy and hope to those around us. Write this down for me. I want you to understand this today is that God loves to give gifts. I love that. 
God loves to give gifts. And he gives us gifts that last and change the world. I'm realizing more so than ever that when we give our son Shepherd gifts at his birthday or at Christmas, we would love for them to last forever. But how many know when you have a three and a half year old, those gifts last about three days before something is broken off of them or something gets lost or swallowed or all of the above and it doesn't last anymore. Well, the gifts that God wants to give you today as the gift giver, I promise, last. And they have lasting power. Where not just that you open up the shelf and you're like, oh, cool, I'm glad that gift from God is still there. No, that if you use it and receive it every day, it gives you lasting power as well. To know that God is with you. You can be confident in the goodness of God. And they're not just gifts that affect us. They're gifts that change the world. I want you to know today that every single one of us in here, no matter what's brought you in here, no matter what your story has been up to this moment, every single one of us in here has a gift that can change the world and make a difference. Turn to the person next to you, give an elbow and say, hey, you're gifted. You're gifted, just so you know that today. You're gifted. Maybe you were never in the gifted class at school, but I want you to know today, you are spiritually gifted. That is what God's done for you. How many of those ungifted people in all good old school are thankful that we got spiritual gifts today that don't require any tests, we just gotta receive them. And here are the big gifts that God gives us. We're gonna talk about two quick ones then we're really gonna jump into the heart of the message. The gifts that God gives is number one, the, one of the most important ones, is eternal life through his son Jesus. We believe in this thing called eternity. We believe that our life is too valuable and important just to end when we breathe our final breath here on earth. That there is eternity. And when we go somewhere when we die, we believe in life after death here at Local City. And what we do on Sundays, what we do in circles and our community groups is so important is because we believe that people are either on a course for heaven and eternity with God or for hell or an eternity separated from God. And the one who makes it possible is by saying yes and surrendering to the Son of God, Jesus, who conquered death for you and me. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 8. It says, for the way, Romans chapter 6, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, underline that phrase for me, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, it is a gift, meaning that it is free. I love free stuff. My dad taught me a long time ago, Ryan, if it's free, it's for me. All right, I don't care what it is. If it's free, it's for me. So guess what? The most important gift that's bigger than any free t-shirt or free gift card or whatever you may receive here on earth, the biggest gift you could ever receive, eternal life, a relationship with your heavenly Father God is free to each and every one of us today because of the compassion and goodness and sacrifice of Jesus. It's not about paying for it, because what does it say? The wages of sin, which we've all messed up, we've all broken God's law in our life, but it was in those moments that God made it possible through the gift of his son Jesus to have eternal life in him. That's the number one gift. See, I believe that when we die and we face the judgment seat, as the Bible tells us, we're gonna have two questions that we're supposed to answer. Number one is, is about this gift. Who did you say Jesus was? God, Jesus is your son. He gave his life for me. He took upon my sin and, and all, the thing, all the wrong things that I would do, that I would do and, and paid the payment I could never pay. And in three days, he conquered death and is alive today. And the only reason I'm here is because of my faith in him. 
I don't deserve it, but you gave it freely, God. Who do you say Jesus is? But the second thing is that sometimes we neglect is what did you do with that? Who did you say Jesus was? And then what did your life do with that? Because the second few gifts here, like we've been talking about, is the next gifts that God gives is the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. So we talked about how the Holy Spirit is this God that we've forgotten about, or even a God that we never knew. We've mentioned that in scripture, it talks to us about the Trinity, that God the Father, he loves us. God the Son, he saved us. And God the Holy Spirit is with us today. He's a gift. And he is right now in this moment so desperately trying to show you the spiritual gifts that he has for you to give you life and encourage you and strengthen you and help you find freedom and find your purpose and make a difference in the world around you. So not only when we get to that end of our life can we say Jesus is my everything, he is the son of God and I've given him my life, but then we say what did you do with it? Man, I used the spiritual gifts that God gave me to impact people as much as I possibly could, to let them know that God loves them with kindness and encouragement and caring for them and introducing them to the forgiveness that I found in Jesus. I did whatever I could. Now remember, the gifts don't earn your way to heaven. It's a response because your way to heaven has been earned through Jesus. So it's really like not about what I do. It's about what Jesus has done for you and for me. And I just live from that. We're going to jump into it today. And I hope today they would encourage you. I hope today you would see that, number one, this gift is free and I can receive it through Jesus. But also God's given me the counselor, the comforter, the Holy Spirit to show me who I am. Let's pray and believe that today as we jump into the message. God, I'm so thankful that you are a gift-giving God. And so God, I pray for all of us today that our heart and our posture today would be simply of one of receiving, to listen and lean in to what you're showing us and teaching us today. God, I pray for everyone in here. Help them know how much you love them and care for them. God, I pray for all of our local city kids and our kids team out there, making church fun and exciting so that even at a young age, our kids can fall in love with Jesus. So thankful for everyone watching online, wherever they're at today. Speak to them how much you love them and how gifted they are because of the goodness that you show us day in and day out. And thank you, God, so much that my Florida State Seminoles have won three in a row. Looking good. In Jesus' name, we all say. Come on, give me a good amen. Yeah, yes. Come on, it's good stuff today. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. Do me one more favor. We clap and cheer, and I need, I need your amens during the message a lot today. But would you welcome a very important group today that's with us? Would you welcome all of our people who are watching for local city church online today? Come on, give them a shout so they can hear you. So glad that you're with us. Wherever you're watching from, and there is hope, and you're with us today just as much. Uh, as, uh, as I've been growing in my life, my, and Adrian and I have been growing in our marriage, every now and then there's something that one of us does that really just encourages the other. And my wife just started doing something that's really just reminded me how undeserving I am. I'm such an incredible wife. Number one, her birthday was just last week. So happy birthday to my sweet wife. But also... She has stepped into something that is oh so important to me, 
With a, reach, with, with, with a recent addition to Netflix, Adrian came to me the other day and said, hey, just so you know, I'm going through and watching all of Seinfeld just because I love you so much. And I was like, oh, yes, Lord, that's good. That's what it's about. That's dying to self right there in marriage. That is living selfless, right? But she's been laughing and enjoying it. And I thought about this message and I thought about there's an episode of Seinfeld, maybe this has happened to you in your life, uh, where the group of people, they complain that someone someone calls Jerry, the main character, Jerry Seinfeld, someone calls him, and they don't introduce themselves. As soon as he answers the phone and says hello, they simply go, hi, it's me. And he's caught off guard because he has no idea who it is. He doesn't recognize the voice. He doesn't recognize why they would be calling him. And it sends into all, you know, all this fun stuff that happens in the show. And he says, how dare they, it's me. Like, they're not an it's me. I've maybe only talked to them like once or twice on the phone. They can't it's me, me, because I don't know it's them. Right? I don't know if you ever had someone do that in your life. Now, I know I grew up, uh, you know, when you'd have to answer the phone and you didn't know who was calling you. And now we can, oh, unlisted number, send a voicemail. I don't know who you are. And we screen every call that comes through. Or we have caller ID and we, we know who's calling us. But I had to do this just the other day. My phone had died and we have a church cell phone that we use here. And I had that on me. I had to call Adrian. And of course, the first thing I said, I said, hey, it's me. She was like, who? No, she didn't. She knew it was me. She knew it was me. And, and I said, hey, I'm just calling from a different phone. It's me, because she recognized my voice. That's really important as we build a relationship with the Holy Spirit to understand, is that there's going to be moments in your life when you become distracted about who you really are. There's going to be moments in your life where voices around you, whoever it may be, are going to tell you that you're not worth anything or that you're too far gone. There's going to be even successes that you have in your life that may distract you from realizing that everything you have is is from God and moves us away from this posture of thankfulness and gratitude. And there's gonna be moments in all of those situations, because we all kind of ebb and flow through those different situations in our life, where I believe a voice from inside of you is gonna say, hey, it's me. To interrupt kind of what's going on and to remind you who you are, to remind you who you're not. And if we don't recognize that voice, if we're like, oh, don't recognize that number, click, go to voicemail, and the Holy Spirit keeps trying to call us and say, hey, it's me, it's me, I'm trying to let you know something important. See, maybe outside of the spiritual world, we've called that voice our conscience, right? Like that little voice inside you. Well, if you're a believer and you're a follower of Jesus, I want to tell you it's not just some little voice. It's the person of the Holy Spirit that is telling you and reminding you who you actually are. That is like we said before in week one, that he's convicting you, which means convincing you that this is not the life you were meant to live. This is not the life you were created for. Hey, it's me. I want to remind you, you're a son and daughter of God, and there is more out there for you, and you got to receive and see the gifts that God has for you. The Holy Spirit's desperately trying to show you those things. Hey, it's me. The only reason Adrian could recognize my voice right away in that instance is why? Because we've spent a lot of time together. We've been together for many years now. I've been married for six years, together for 14, and you're like, wow, you dated for eight years? Yes, we did. Okay, I had a little commitment issues. I was figuring it out, but here we are. We're doing good. We got a son. We've planted a church, and it's going well, Um, but the big thing is is that we've got to spend time with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Spending time in, in God's Word, spending time here in the community of church. I'm just convinced more so than ever, Adrian and I just got back from a, from a conference. We're a part of an organization called the ARC, which stands for the Association of Related Churches, and we just got back from 
their national conference this week is powerful. It was amazing. And they last year they had to cancel because of COVID issues. But I'm telling you, being in a room packed full of people, wholeheartedly desperation-wise seeking out Jesus and learning about who God has told them that we are and, and reminding us who we are, there is no substitute for that, right? So I know the personal hunger that we have to have to learn the it's me voice of the Holy Spirit, but it's also about making what we do on Sunday mornings a priority and saying, you know what, I need to be here. I need to be reminded because I know sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to speak to me through worship when he reminds me just to be available or that I can lean back and receive his love or the Holy Spirit's going to remind me something through a, a conversation I have or something in the message. Man, I got to be in those places that helps me recognize the it's me voice. Now, let's understand spiritual gifts today. Fill in this blank for me. A spiritual gift is this. It's a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together we can advance his kingdom in this world. I want you to know today that the spiritual gifts that God has for you are supernatural. They're more than just talents that you have in your life. There are things that are truly supernatural that make an eternal difference here on the earth. And it's an ability that God uses as we use them, I love this word, together. Turn to the person next to you and say, together, together, because we can't do this alone. Come on online, type together, all caps, with an emoji in the comment section today, so that we can advance our kingdom, our purposes, my kingdom. No, advance his kingdom here on earth. It's because we work together to make this happen. I gotta honor what we call the home team here at Local City Church. It's people that have discovered their purpose. They've made friends here, and now they wake up super early and show up early here to work together to make what we do on Sundays possible. Would you give your appreciation a shout out to all of our home team today? We got home team members here. We got home team members hosting online service today because they realize that we cannot do this on our own. I cannot show up early to set all this up and know what I want to because I don't want to do this alone. I want to build something together. We're all a part of this team. We're all a part of the vision and mission of local city church to bring the hope of Jesus local to our city, our community, and our world. And you can be a part of that, but you can't be a part of it looking from the outside. We want to help you step into that. We want to help you step into who you are, the purpose that you have, so that you can realize, man, I'm a part of something that's way bigger than myself, and I am making a difference with what I'm doing. See, in Romans chapter 12, the apostle Paul tells us this about gifts. He says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. See, not all of us have the same gifts, but when we work, when we use them together, man, the out. The outcome is something miraculous and beautiful and life-changing. See, it's in his grace. Now, there's a word in Scripture uh, that maybe has been hijacked a little bit. We've talked about how there's been a hijacking of the Holy Spirit, and because of the weirdness of people and the craziness of people, we've turned the Holy Spirit off in our life, and it's kind of been a taboo subject to talk about. Well, we've kind of been destroying those walls and building back up the foundations of who the Holy Spirit actually is, that Jesus himself said, hey, I'm leaving you this person as a gift, and it's good that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. Last week, I told you about the upper room moment, where the followers of Jesus were gathered in literally an upper room, 
And the Holy Spirit descended into that room and empowered them to truly do what they were about to do, to build the capital C church here on this earth. And 2,000 years ago, we're still celebrating that. Now, what's amazing about that that story or that portion of scripture is that the people that were there, what they catalog is that each individual person had like a little fire above their head. Now, if that happened to me right now, you'd probably be a little freaked out. It'd be intense. But in that moment, it was a symbolic understanding of what the Holy Spirit was doing. You see, in the Old Testament before Jesus, the way God led people was by a pillar of fire. That's how he directed the people of Israel out of Egypt and through the wilderness, A pillar of fire was seen as the presence of God. It was seen as the powerful thing where God met people on earth. What the Holy Spirit was doing and what Jesus built when he gave his life for you and me and began to build the church is that now that fire has become a little fire inside of you, inside of all of us. And together, not only can we experience God ourselves, but when we come together, we burn brighter, we burn longer, we make a big difference to those around us because it's a supernatural ability together that advances the kingdom and God's given us all these gifts. And I say all that to say that where this term grace and gift comes from is the word charisma. Now, that looks in the church world as the word charismatic. Now, we believe that we want to be a charismatic church in the sense of we're celebrating what God has done for us, and when we, th- when we think about what God's done for us and how he saved us and moved in our life, our reaction is not, hmm, thanks, God. Man, you're so great. No, it's like, God, I cannot believe that you have chosen someone like me, that you know my past, you know what I've done, and you've still stepped into my life. Man, I'm so thankful, God. I can't help but shout out. I can't help but say amen. I can't help but stretch my hands out. Now, charismatic in the church world has turned into a little bit of a charismania-type world sometimes where we see people who are like, I don't want anything to do with that. Snakes? No thanks. Now, that's not what I'm talking about, all right? If you grow up in church and you see the crazies that are out there, you understand what that is. But the word here in Romans 12 is the word charis, where we get the word charismatic, charisma. Because what the gifts that we're operating in, the gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit, and they're exciting, they're powerful, brings joy to us to know that we have been empowered and built this way. I love what Pastor Robert Morris says. He's, he wrote the book that I'm pulling some of the lessons from this series about called The God I Never Knew. And he says this, charisma, I love this, is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. Now, what does this mean? It means charisma, this grace gift that we've received is the fact that, man, I'm so excited that I get to make a difference in someone's life. I'm so excited I get, to, I get to encourage and build someone up because it's so power empowering. And I'm, it's so humbling to know that by something I do or something I say can encourage someone to the point of life change, can help someone to the point of where they realize they're not a mistake or an accident or they're not forgotten about. The fact that God would use me to show someone the love that he has for them. And that makes me excited. So what do we do though? What do we do with these gifts? Okay, it's cool. We get it. We get it, Ryan. We're gifted. We got them. Now, how do we, what do we, where do we go from there? Let me give you three quick things. Number one is that you got to discover the gifts God has for you. You got to discover them. And it's not like this thing where you just happen upon them. There's a specific way to discover them. And King David, who is an amazing follower of, of God and of Jesus, he says this in Psalm 139. 
He says that, yeah, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Would you underline that phrase for me? I know that full well. That's the goal for me. That's the goal for local city for you today, is that you would know full well that who you are and the gifts that God has enabled and empowered you with to discover those things that are inside you. I'm gonna talk about this thing we have at Local City for a little while today. It's this thing called Growth Track. Let me tell you, Growth Track is your next step. It's the front door of our church. To hear about who we are, to hear about what God is doing here at our church and how you can be a part of that. The next Growth Track is in just a few weeks on November 7th, happens right after service. It's two steps that right now we're doing in one morning where we can let you know who we are as a church so you can call this place home, but also that so you can find the purpose that's inside of you. We help you know what your personality is designed to do. We help you know the spiritual gifts God has given you so that you can know how you've been designed so that God can then reveal your destiny to you. You gotta discover those things. God's given us a map and he's shown us how to do it. And it comes from the first understanding that we've been knitted together, we've been created with value and importance by our Heavenly Father God, by our Creator God. And I want you to know that full well. Can I tell you today that what it says in that verse, says your works are wonderful, God. I want you to know today you are wonderful. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye, and tell them, hey, you're wonderful. Is it weird and awkward to do that? Yes, of course it is, but you gotta know it today. You're wonderful, and you got wonderful gifts inside of you that can make a difference in the people around you. See, not all of us are called up here to be on the stage and speak and do things like that, but guess what? I tell the home team a lot that there are so many different messages that are communicated before anyone ever sits and hears from me on a Sunday. The people who are gifted with a smile and just a welcoming attitude that welcome you into the parking lot and are holding signs out there, that's a message that they're communicating. That's saying that you're welcomed here, you belong here. The people that are watching your kids right now are gifted. I tell you, I love my kid, but I don't necessarily wanna be with your kids for an hour. I love my kid, I'll be with him all day, but I'm just not gifted to do that, right? Like, I'm like, okay, Shepard, you're good. Now the other ones, I'll just, you know, Go in timeout or something. I'm playing with my son, all right? Like, I'm just not gifted to do that. But some people are. They're gifted to hold a crying baby and just pray for them and soothe their spirit. That's why they're out there doing that, because they're gifted to do that. That's a message that's proclaimed. There were people that were setting things up and making sure that things were straight and connected the right way so that worship could be played for you and this message could be communicated, that you could receive church online today, because they're gifted to do that. And it sets the stage for this message to be proclaimed so people can experience Jesus and the hope that he has for them in a truly real way. I remember uh, I went on a, I've gone, gone on a ton of mission trips in my life. And everything I, every time I go on a mission trip, I realize I love going on them for a little while, but I'm always glad to come home. <laughs> I remember uh, some friends of mine, they were leading a trip to Haiti, and I got to go with them. And we went up into the mountains to this school um, just to see this amazing organization up in Haiti, up in the mountains that was creating this amazing school environment for, for kids. They were feeding them. And some kids walked for miles up and through the mountains to get to this school. And I remember, man, this is awesome what we're doing. But I got to tell you, it was rough to be there, all right? Number one, no showers, nothing like that. So I'm talking about a week in the mountains. Yeah, you can imagine how that felt. Uh, I remember we had to have these giant mosquito nets 
because, man, if you got bit by a mosquito out there, you're gone, all right? So, like, you had to have these giant mosquito nets, and we would sleep in these concrete buildings that had no AC. They didn't have any windows or anything, so you would think they'd be cool uh, and wind, you know, circulation. You'd be wrong. Uh, I remember laying there. It was, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't fall asleep. I was laying there smelling terrible because I hadn't, hadn't showered because I couldn't. <laughs> uh, and I was laying there underneath this mosquito net, watching all these mosquitoes trying to attack me uh, from the outside of the net, just sweating and probably the hottest I've ever been in my entire life. And just like, it's not going to get any better. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is just how it is. And I remember leaving, and I was telling the missionary that, hey, it's awesome what you're doing here. Wasn't this awesome, man? Wasn't it a great time being here this week? And I said, hey, you know what? What we were doing was awesome, but I am not gifted to do this. That's your calling. I'll go back home and keep building the church in the States, all right? Now, that's okay to say that because we're gifted different ways, and we're here to advance the kingdom in different ways. And our, our gifts help, they discover who we are and help us discover more about who God is. That's what Growth Track is all about. The second thing, though, is we've got to develop the gifts God has given me. You got to develop those things. Now, we do live in the world of instant. Instantly, we have things. We take a picture on our phone, we have it instantly. But I remember way back when, for Christmas, I wanted what was called, back then, a Polaroid camera. It's really big, big, fat brick like this. You opened it up like this big flash thing, and it had this little film that you would take a picture, the flash would blind you, uh, but the picture would come out the little mouth of the camera, and you'd have to, you know, like, shake it and wait for it to, to, to develop. You didn't know for, like, two or three minutes if it was a good picture, right? You'd be like, oh, you blinked, got to take it again, or it was blurry, and he, but you had to wait for it to develop, right? You had to be patient. Gifts are like that in our life. You know, God has told us who we are. He sees who we are, and man, he's developing things inside of us, and the way you develop those things is be in a place where you can activate those gifts. I believe there's, there's no better place to activate your gifts than here in the church, whether it's local city or another church here in Tampa, wherever that's at, man, we want to help you see who you are and see how God can make a difference in you and through you and see how the Holy Spirit is living and active in your life today. Develop the gifts God has given you. In 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, here's what Timothy is encouraged to do. Paul is reminding him, this is, 2 Timothy is the last book the apostle Paul writes before he dies, and he says this, let me remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands upon you. What does that mean? Is that the gift doesn't always just burn bright. There are things that we gotta breathe life into them sometimes. We gotta fan them a little bit and say, man, I'm seeing God do something in my life. I wanna step deeper into that. I wanna use this gift more. I'm not satisfied with just this little bit. I wanna burn as bright and as powerful as I possibly can. Man, God developed some of these things inside of me so I can make a bigger difference than I'm making right now. I've seen this with people here at our church, why we say it's so important to get into serving, because it's not a have to, it's a get to, right? We don't need you to serve, but I believe that you will never live the full life God created you to until you serve. It's hugely important. But I've seen this happen. I just met with a guy about a month ago. I was meeting with him like, hey man, I've just seen some amazing things inside you. I think you got great leadership inside of you. We're having lunch. He said, I just want to give you a chance to step into something deeper, step into a leadership position over maybe just something small. And, and uh, the reason I was able to have that conversation with him is because I remember a moment back uh, months ago when we were still meeting at the Rialto Theater. We had chairs out there that we had to set out. And I saw him one morning just out there, you know, out there with the chairs like, 
making sure they were straight and in an aisle and looking good for everyone so that when you came in, it looked like someone had particularly cared for these rows and for these chairs to prepare an experience for you. See, when you think about the spiritual gifts, there's a spiritual gifts of helps where you just love to help people. And if I can help people by making a straight chair or by picking up some garbage, I'm gonna do that. But see how that gift is developed inside of him is that first he just acted in his desire to help people, but now the gift of leadership is developing in him as well. Because as God says, when you're trusted with a little thing, I can give you bigger things. And so for us, we gotta begin to step into that little thing. You know where my life started when it came to being in church and ministering? Stacking chairs, man. Stacking chairs for our kids' church. Now I was trying to impress the girls around me, so I'd always pick up like four or five chairs, try and stack them real big, right? And then from there, I graduated just to running lyrics for worship, which isn't as cool as now as it was then. Literally, like, we had the overhead projectors, and you had, like, do the transparency, you know, and make sure you got the one right, because obviously everyone would see the mistake you made. Then it, then it upgraded to, like, PowerPoint, which was super cool, but, man, if you got off track, you'd have to, like, you know, go rapid fire on the arrow keys to get back and everything. Now it's so easy, but that's where I started. And then a faithful just being there, being there, being there. And then people saw something in me, and they invited me to step into something. See, if you're never in the room, you can never be invited into the deeper thing that God has for you. If you're not even using the small thing, God can't develop the big thing that he's trying to in your life. Put on your calendar, if you haven't done it yet, November 7th, growth track right here. It's going to empower you. Because the third thing is, you got to discover, you got to develop, and you have to use the gifts God has given you. You gotta use the gifts God has given you. See, I believe that there are gifts inside of us that if we don't use them, that they will begin to dissolve away or we'll forget about them. In 1 Peter 4.10, what does it say? It says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Underline this phrase, manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Man, I don't know about you, but if there was a verse I wanna pray every morning It's God, help me manage the gifts and life that you've given me well so that your generosity can flow through me. See, using your gifts reminds you who you are. Everyone understands that what I'm holding in my hand, whether you're online or here in this place, you can see that what I'm holding is a coffee cup. The gift that it is designed to do is to receive something and then allow that hot coffee to be drinking or taken in. That's the gift that it has. But if you were to say, hey, could you come over to my house? I need you to hang a picture for me. And I brought this coffee cup and started using this coffee cup to hang, to hammer the nail into the wall. You'd be like, what's wrong with this guy? He knows that's a coffee cup. It's not a hammer. But some of us live our life that way. It's that we forget that we have to use the gifts inside of us to remind us the gift that it is. It's that we can begin to get confused and try to live someone else's gifting or try to live someone else's life, and we miss out on who we actually are. We miss out on who God actually designed and created us to be. As we close today, I wanna give you this last line. See, a local city church, this is what it's all about. We are here to help you experience God, make friends, find purpose, and dream big so that you can say, I was made for this. That's what I want for you. 
I want in your life to realize that the Holy Spirit is moving and you're so close to him. You have such an activation of his gifting in your life that when you do something, you realize, man, I was made to do this. I was made to help people in this way. This is the life that God created me for. Man, there is no better place to be than understanding that you are a masterpiece, workmanship of God, and then not only to know that, but to be living it out. Just like David said, I know God's works are wonderful, and I know that I am made in the image of God. I know that full well. So God can do something amazing, miraculous, and powerful through me. Come on, if you believe it today. I was made for this. I was made to create a welcoming environment for kids so they can fall in love with Jesus at a young age. I was made to use my smile to welcome people into this place. Adrian and I were talking about it so, so, so well over this last week. I Man, I feel like God is saying some, to some of us, hey, would you just give me that gift that I've given you? and I'll help you change the world. Would you just give me that smile or give me that encouraging voice that you have? Would you just give me that care that you have for people? Would you just give me that workmanship and that helps desire you have? And man, I'll, I'll help you change the world. And when you do that, you step into this place of, man, I was made for this. See, what the success and building of local city will come from is not from everyone's looking at the people on stage and saying, ah, they're, they're building the house. No, everyone on stage, myself included, I'm just one of you, living out my purpose that God's given me. And it started with stacking chairs, trying to oppress some girls back in youth group. I just did it every week. And 20 some years later, here I am. I'm not saying you have to do this tomorrow. That may freak some of you out and that's okay. It would have freaked the 12 year old me out. No, whoa, no. But it's what God does is you discover and develop and use. And there's no more freeing place to be say, I was made for this. I was made for this. Would you, would you close your eyes and just stand to your feet today as we begin to finish service today?